All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are in the virtual building once again with the Authority Project. And I have my new good friend here, Barack Canaldia. He is here, he says, to help us discover the secrets of valuations for you, the business owner. Is that right, Barack? I will do my best, Brian. Thank you again for having me. Great. Well, we shall see. We shall see <laughs> on the current episode of The Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, we are back on the virtual stage once again with my new good friend here, Barack Canandia. This is the Authority Project. You're the project, and we want to slap authority to your name so you can sell more of what you're great at. And today we are talking about the secrets evaluations for you, the business owner. And I'm excited about this because I have no clue about this whatsoever. So this, this is, this is going to be exciting for me. I'm hoping it's going to be exciting for you as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Let's, let's, let's get to it. Barat, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Exciting for me too. Great, great, great. Uh, I mean, you know, there's nothing better than just sharing my knowledge and helping few people along the way. I love it. So let's start first of all, before we dive in about, let's, let's talk about who you are personally and then professionally. Um, how <laughs> personal do you want to get? All right. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, you know, I'm Bharat uh, Kanodia. I am a valuation professional. Um, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, father, husband, business owner. Uh, been in valuation 20 years. I have done all kinds of different kinds of assets as in machinery and equipment, real estate, commercial, residential, uh, large companies, small companies, public sector, private sector, um, large tech companies like Uber, Airbnb, weird assets, if you will, like Brooklyn <laughs> Bridge, uh, oh, okay. Atlanta Airport, MTA system of the city of New York. I've been very fortunate okay. very or unfortunate, great. if you will. Okay. <laughs> very interesting. Okay. So do you have, do you have a current project you're working on at, at the moment that you want to share? I'm sure. Um, right now I'm working for a cannabis client um, that is in three states and their revenue is about 200 million. So not crazy big, but pretty big for cannabis. Um, and they are looking to expand and raise capital. So they needed my help to understand what their current business is worth so that they can raise capital accordingly. Awesome. I have a sneaky question for you. Do you, do you have any, I just had this in my head earlier. You have any dreams of one time being on the shark, on, on the shark tank? Do you have any dreams of that at all? I watch Shark Tank, Avenue. <laughs> 
and many times disagree <laughs> with the valuation <laughs> they come up with because, uh, uh, frankly, there's really not much science behind the valuations um, they offer. A lot of it is just touchy-feely um, and gut of the investor or maybe their perception of what the inventor or the uh, founder may accept. Right. <laughs> um, so yes, I watch Shark Tank avidly, and it's one of my favorite shows. Awesome, awesome. So what what is what is your daily routine? What is your that, that is awesome to hear. That is just great stuff. So what what is your daily routine? If you don't, if you like to share that, I'm a routine guy, and ever since the pandemic, uh, working from home, I have become more of a routine person. Otherwise, you know, you get in trouble. So I start my day early. I start my calls from 5, 5.15 a.m. Now, given I live on the West Coast, okay. so that's almost late for you. It's like 8 o'clock your time. But yeah. um, I uh, start my calls early around 5, 5.15, and I start out east. So I have clients in Asia. I start there. Then I do Europe, and then I do East Coast, and then I sort of keep moving out west. Um, and nowadays, just the way how business is and the world is, I'm on Zoom for like six to eight hours a day. And then in the afternoon, I spend some time with my children. Um, I don't get a chance to work out in the morning. So I work out after I play with my kids. And mm. then um, I don't do much after. I might do work for a little bit in the evening. Otherwise, I just hang out with my family. Sounds great. So very, very routine, very routine, great stuff. Okay, great. We got all of that out of the way. So let's get down to business. All right, let's let's get this. Let's start talking shop here. So give us the secrets of valuations. Now, is it really a secret? Is it really a secret, Bora? Let's say it this way: it's a secret in plain sight. Oh, okay. So it's right there in front of you, yeah. but you wouldn't know what you're looking at until somebody told you that, hey. What about this? Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle, right? One of those puzzles where you see the old lady and the young lady at the same time. So you might see the old lady, but then somebody has to say, hey, look, how about this? Do you see the young lady now? Um, so uh, the secrets are very simple. There are really only two secrets of valuations. Buyers are looking for two and only two things when they're looking to buy a business. And when I talk valuations, I'm here, I'm focusing on businesses. Okay. I've done commercial real estate and other type of assets as well. But for now, I'm talking about businesses. Buyers of businesses are really only looking for two things. One is they want consistent cash flow. Mm. So if your business has consistent cash flow, not the ups and downs, no. If your business has consistent cash flow, that business is worth a lot of money. If your business has consistent cash flow and runs on autopilot, as in the owner does not have to do much, the mm. owner does not have to put in the 80 hours a week to run that business, the owner only has to put in like 10, maybe 15 hours a week to make that business run, that business is worth a lot of money. Because if the owners have to put in 60, 80 hours a week, that is really not a business, that's a job. <laughs> All right. All right. So... But do but do you see that people who do valuations or, or or see like see what's on the books basically, and they see that 
Cause I've, cause I've heard of people buying stuff that's buying things that, you know, they're not making as much money, but you know, they think that they can fix it and do all these types of things to make it a real business. What, what about that? Uh, that is very much there, but I am talking an existing business that has clients and the real cash flow coming in. If the owner, if the current owner, the seller, if you will, can make the cash flow most consistent, as in they should be able to predict that, okay, I'm going to make so much in January, so much in February, so much in March, so on and so forth. And the owner does not have to do much to enjoy that cash flow. That business is worth a lot of money. Now, turnaround businesses, that's another story. So say, for example, if a business is not doing so well and you're able to buy that business for, say, uh, 20 cents on the dollar, well, yeah, then there's definitely an upside of revamping that business because you already pay 20 cents on the dollar. So, you know, as Mr. Buffett says, right? So you make money when you buy, not when you sell. So if you're already paying 20 cents on the dollar for your business, you really have a big upside. Okay. All right. So I see that there are like places where people can like, so he, let, me just, let me just sum it up real quick. How how long should you wait before you even thinking about selling your business? Good question. So selling a business is very different than selling a house. Okay. You know, nowadays, you know, if you want to sell a house, you you can sell a house within two days or within a month, right? The houses are going like this. But if you want to try and sell your business, there's preparation period. Mm -hmm. There's a ramp period. You need to clean up your books. You need to clean up your operation. And that can take anywhere between one to three years, depending on how uh, lean and mean your business is. Um, there are many companies that even spend four or five years prepping themselves or their business for sale. And there are coaches and M&A advisors who can help you with these things. I am a valuation expert, so I look at businesses all day, every day, and I know exactly what businesses are worth and what levers to push or pull to maximize the value of the business for an owner. Mm, okay, so there you go. So that's that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear, the levers. Okay, I want to hear the levers. What should companies be doing? Or is, is there like a constant on, on these levers where you say, well, you need this, this, and that in order for this, in order to have this result. Or, or, or there are things when you see when you see a company and you, you're like, nope, this isn't working because this, that, and that is not not right. Is there things that you already know from first glance that this is yes and this is no? Yes, there are two things I really look for. So again, going back to basics, right? Because if you leave your um, fundamentals, it, it becomes difficult to understand valuations. So the fundamentals in valuations are simple. You want the business to have consistent cash flow and you want the business to run on autopilot, right? Now, no business can run 100% autopilot, but yeah. so how close can you bring it to the autopilot, right? 80%, 90%. And there are two things, there are two levers that you can pull or push to make your cash flow consistent and to make your business run on autopilot. Uh, for making your cash flow consistent, I am always looking for customer loyalty. 
Mm. How loyal are your customers or your client? By that, I mean if you're running a restaurant, how much of your business is repeat clients, repeat customers? 60%, 70%? For a restaurant, I'd be looking for at least 60 to 70%, if not more. Mm. If you're running a law firm, well, how much of your business is from new clients versus old clients? I am looking for recurring revenue from the same clients. That's one thing I'd look for in consistent cash flow. Second thing I look for is to make your business run on autopilot is how well are you leveraging technology in your business? Are all your processes manual? Are you generating reports on Excel every day? Or do you hit a button and you get a bunch of reports? So I really look for two things. One, I want to see recurring revenue from existing customers or clients. And I want to see strong technology integration in the operations of the business. Now, that could be marketing, that could be finance, that could be operations, all that combined. I want to see heavy technology integration. Mm -hmm. Because technology now, technology integration is not that expensive. Okay. You have SaaS software available for everything. You can pay yeah. 10, 20, 50, 100 bucks a month and okay. get everything. Okay. Um, so if somebody is still old school and they say, oh, no, 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 I need a secretary, you know, who I want to pay or an assistant who have, or an executive assistant who I want to pay 50 or $100,000 a year and, you know, he or she does everything for me. Yeah, you can get a software to do a lot of that, few softwares to do a lot of that. So if, say, if you need an assistant to schedule your meetings, well, you don't need an assistant. You can just subscribe to Calendly. Calendly, and right. you know, set up a meeting. You you don't need to pay somebody fifty thousand dollars a year. So yeah. these are the kind of things I look for. That mm. how lean and mean is their operation? Okay. How much are they relying on technology? Okay. Okay. So you you're like the real shark. You like the you like the original. You like you like the guy. Who like are are people? <laughs> I'll be questioned. Are people scared of you when you walk when you when they. When they, you know, right now I'll say when you walk in the room, but now when they see you on video, when they see you on Zoom, are, are they like, you know, like soft talking to you, you know, like uh, here's our business, or are they? Are, <laughs> I feel like I feel like people come to you and they're like nervous because they because they because they have a valuation in their mind, and I, I would think right when people come to you, and then you have something I would say probably will be mostly different. <laughs> right, let's just say people are very nice to me until they disagree with me. Okay. <laughs> because if they disagree with me, it's their opinion against mine. Yeah. Guess who wins? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I got it. I got it. So here's, a, here's another crazy question. You ready? Lay it on me, brother. Do people cheat in their evaluations of their company in your experience? Good question. They try to. Okay. <laughs> they try to. Um, okay. And my job is to assume that all the information that I'm receiving, mm -hmm. I need to see it from a different lens. And I need to make sure that all the information that is going in my dough for baking the valuation, for you know making the valuation, yeah. is parallel to each other. 
So if somebody says that um, this year my revenue is five million and we're going to grow at forty percent a year, but next year my revenue is going to be ten million, uh, I'm like, okay, those are two different things. <laughs> Help me understand that. So this is where you know I, I can cut through the BS, if you will, because I, I am trained to peel the onion. Mm. So I am, uh, you know, I'm not an expert at most businesses. So say if somebody calls me tomorrow and says, I want you to appraise my um, furniture manufacturing business. Right. I don't know anything about furniture manufacturing, right. but I need to make myself an expert in furniture manufacturing very, very fast. And how do I do that? Because I need to understand their business. So I become really good at asking questions, kind of like an attorney. Attorneys don't know all businesses. Attorneys don't know all transactions, but they figure it out by asking questions. So as an appraiser, my biggest training is to understand what questions to ask and then relate those answers to numbers mm. and then come up with a number. Okay. Okay. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought numbers because I, you know... I watch Shark Tank and I and I see them scribbling things down. You know, they're, they're scribbling, you know, yeah, yeah, forty percent. You know, you want three hundred thousand for twenty percent of the company. You know, blah, blah. so for the for the novices around here, and there are many who listen to this to the show. What are they scribbling down? What is the formula that they're that they're looking at uh, that they're looking at to think that this could be profitable or not? Great question. So the formula that these investors and most investors and that could be venture capital or private equity or angel or seed whatever you want to call it right i mean they're all yeah. just different dogs with the same fleas right. um, <laughs> what they're really scribbling down is one what is the current revenue of the company as in does it have any traction mm -hmm. is there any attraction is anybody buying this yet okay right they want to see some traction, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. So if you see Shark Tank, let's focus on Shark Tank because, you know, you have you mentioned that show and I enjoy that show. So let's talk about from a Shark Tank perspective. Okay. One thing they always ask, do you have any traction? Traction isn't, do you have any revenue or is it just a pie in the sky right now in your head? Right. If they have revenue, great. They love that. <laughs> that means it's not some, just something you've cooked up. They're actually yeah. paying people, paying customers. That's always a positive. Okay. Second question they want to know is how much do they need to invest to get a piece of the pie? So will they get 10% for a $100,000 investment or will they get 20%? And that's usually what they negotiate on, right? right. So that's the second thing, second thing they ask for. The third thing they're trying to understand, and maybe that's what they're scribbling down, is how much money do they need to put in after the first investment? So if they buy 10% of that company for, say, $100,000, well, that's not going to be the end of it all, right? They're mm -hmm. going to have to put in more money right. to make that company into something, right? Right. So say, for example, when you plant a seed, we don't just plant a seed and walk away <laughs> and expect, you know, a fruit tree to bloom, right? You got to water it, right? right? So right. they want to know how much do they need to water 
after the initial seed money to get a fruit tree or get a fruit out of it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then the fourth thing they're trying to figure out by asking questions to the owner or the founder is if they sell this company two years or four years or five years or 10 years or whatever, how much can they sell that company for? So say if they invest 100,000 for 10% of the company, if they sell that company after five years for 100 million, what's mm -hmm. their return? Yeah. These are the four things that they're looking for. Okay. They're looking for traction. Number one, what's the revenue? How much they need to invest and what percentage of the company they'll get? Third, how much do they need to invest more? How much do they need to do water after the first initial seed round? And fourth, how much can they sell the company for in how much time? These are the four things investors want to understand. And if somebody tells you otherwise, call bullshit on it. <laughs> so that's great. I love I love these answers. It's just amazing stuff, man. So I have people here who might just be into it. Maybe they're maybe they're thinking about selling the businesses. They're thinking about maybe in the future. Are there any resources besides going to you directly? We'd love for them, it would be easy for them just to go to you, it'd be better. But are there is there any software or tools out there that you think could help them before they get to you to help them evaluate their business at all? <laughs> so they're not so nervous when they get to you. <laughs> Brian, I have been very fortunate and I've had a very fruitful career. And um, one of the things I try to do is educate people on valuations. Okay. Valuations is a dark art in a dark room, in a black box. Mm. And it's designed this way so that schmucks like me can have a job. Now, <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. So my whole crusade, if you will, yeah. is to educate people on valuations. Lift the veil. Explain to them how valuations work. And that's why I can explain valuations the way I'm explaining to you because I break it down for layman's. I mean, I can be talking fancy things too. I can talk whack and equity risk premium and discounted cash flow and yeah. discount for lack. You know, did that make any sense to you? No. Yeah. Yeah. So my talent is to break down something very complex such as valuations and explain that to real business owners. And one of the ways I do that is via my YouTube channel called What's It Worth on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, where I'm just breaking down everyday regular businesses like your CPA practice, your body shop, your HVAC contractor, your roofing contractor, your law firm. You know, business owners can go to my YouTube channel and pull up their business. If they're a, a winemaker, they can pull up and say, hey, how do you value a winery? Mm -hmm. What is my winery worth today? And they can sort of get like a back of the envelope type of calculation themselves. They don't need me. Now, if they need something more solidified, they can reach out to me or I can refer them to somebody. I mean, you know, I can't do all the valuations in the world, but I have a very vast network and I'm on the board of American Society of Appraisers. So I can refer them to some of the best appraisers in the country. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. So got two more questions for you. First one is this. What got you into this field anyway? What, what what led you to this point? What, what led you to like, oh, I, I like doing this? You know, being a young kid growing up in New Delhi, India, 
mm-hmm. I would uh, look up at the stars and dream about one day coming to America and becoming an appraiser. Um, no, that's not how it works. Um, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was something I fell into. Uh, yeah. You know, graduated from college, and that's the first job I got. And uh, turned out I enjoyed it, and I am good at it. So, so okay. hey, if it ain't broke, why mess with it? Um, so I just kept going. Great stuff. Awesome. I got one last question for you. And I access of all of my guests. It goes something like this. They see you now. They listen to you, um, and they like what you're saying. They have maybe they may have similar interests and the goals as as you, and they want to do what you're doing. They want to be like Barat, right? <laughs> and they're looking for maybe like a one or two words, and I'll put you front and center. One or two words that you can give them advice on how they can become an authority in this space. Become an authority. Yeah. That's it. Don't think about becoming one. Become one. Hmm. Act like you are the authority. And that's not what I meant by just act like, you know, as in bullshit your way through. No, truly do your research. Truly become really, really good at what you do. But becoming really, really good at what you do doesn't mean making things complicated and talking in weird terms so that people don't understand. As Einstein said, if you don't if you cannot explain it well enough, you don't understand it well enough. So if you can explain what you do in plain, simple language, you know what you're doing and then you become an authority. If you see all the authorities in the world, they don't talk in big fancy languages or terms. They just talk in very, very simple words. But their words carry weight. That's great stuff. That's great stuff and we're good to go. We're good to go. <laughs> That is just perfect. Uh, I have no other words because because this is your field. I I this is this is great. So please tell people where they can find you again after the show, so they can learn from you again. Absolutely. Uh, the best way to reach me is go to YouTube and put in my name Barat or uh, What's It Worth, and my channel will come up and. Uh, um, Hopefully you learn from the channel and if you have more questions or if you'd uh, like to uh, partner up on something, uh, send us an email. I love it. That's great stuff. Everybody, I hope you that, that, you got the blueprint right there. I was, I was, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I know we, we were able to get you on here a little earlier than usual and got you on. So very great. Almost, almost the end of the year, people. It's almost you know twenty twenty. Thank goodness, and I'm so glad to have you on the show, and ex- excited that you're able to get this this particular topic out to the people here. So, please, please, if you have any other words of, of inspiration or motivation before we get out of here, uh, we can do that, or else we can just get out of here. <laughs> I. Yeah, we're good, Brian. Thank you for having me so much. And I hope uh, um, your audience uh, gets something out of this. Uh, Valuations are simple, uh, but they're important. Think of them as a scorecard. You work all day, every day on your business, but how do you know if you've actually added value? Mm -hmm. That's why you need evaluation. And I always ask people to get evaluation done every year. This way, you know if you increase your business's value or you decreased it. And not necessarily just by putting in 80 hours a week and increasing your top line revenue, 
you're increasing your business's value. Think about that. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Beautiful. Just wonderful. <laughs> so before we get out of here, everybody, just go to you. Again, go to the authorityletter.com. Get on that list. We help you build your authority, authority platform, much like Barat has done for himself, and get you going with the tools, resources. I got some videos on there to help you along as well. So happy holidays. Take care. You still have two more days to finish this year strong before 2021 arrives and we restart it, right? So do that and become the authority in your space. All right. Take care, build it, share it. They will come and we're out. Thanks, Brian. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.